Welcome to the Showgirl Tip of the Day podcast, and I am thrilled for the return of Larry Blank. Hey, Larry. Hey, how are you doing, Michelle? I'm good. I'm just trying to get my lighting adjusted here. You have been quite a busy conductor. Would you like to tell the audience just a little bit of where you were this past weekend? Well, this last week, I was in Salt Lake City with the Utah Symphony and Jody Benson, the Little Mermaid, doing basically a Christmas concert uh, as opposed to a Disney concert. It was a Christmas show. Do you usually conduct for Jody Benson? I've, I've worked with Jody a lot of times because we've done concerts together. She's been on a lot of the Hamlish tribute concerts because of her connection with Smile. You know, we've, we've been friends for, for a long time, so we've just done a lot of Broadway concerts together. And this one was one where she actually uh, asked for me because it was her concert. Well, that's nice to be requested and to be wanted, don't you think? It is. It is. Especially now coming out of COVID and stuff. And it turned out that the symphony needed a pops conductor for their family concert. So they had me do those as well. So oh, good. We had a very busy week. What have you been up to this fall since I I think it's been a few months since you and I have spoken. How's your autumn been? Well, the autumn was a little, you know, quiet because of COVID coming up. But I was in Europe in October. I was in England because I had worked on another project, an original musical called called It Last It's Summer. And uh, we did a demo and we recorded at the famous Abbey Road. Wow. Yeah, that was cool. And uh, England was, at that point, was locked down, but not like it is right now. What do you think about all this COVID-ness, COVIDia, as I call it? COVIDia. What do you think? Well, it, it will pass. You know, either that or we're all going to be gone, so it won't matter anyway. Larry. I know. <laughs> just you know, this little touch of negative humor, uh, gallows humor. But I, I think it's going to pass, and it's, it's getting better. And what I've heard... From, mostly from speaking to friends and doctors that I know, is that like any virus that has to go through its gestations. For instance, all the colds we get are ancient viruses that have toned down and we're kind of immune to. Wow. So Well, I'm just hopeful. Yeah, I mean, I'm hopeful that as things, as time goes by, we can just keep performing and keep working and all will be well. So we'll see. Um, but I really wanted to talk to you today for a few reasons. Uh, number one, just I wanted to talk to you because we are friends and I miss you. Number two, you just saw West Side Story. So you want to talk to us about that? Yeah, I do. And and uh, what's so weird is I I know a lot about West Side Story. I mean, I was too young to see it when it first opened of course i was just you know a tot but i did see the very very first revival in 1964 when i was a preteen, the city center which was it was literally the first revival and many of the many of the original cast were in it or many of the remaining cast from broadway were in it and julia mcginnis who's now julia mcginnis johnson who was the original hottle in fiddler was playing maria and Don McKay, who was a very wonderful singer, but Elliot Feld from the Elliot Feld Ballet was in it. It was a wonderful company. Uh, so it was the original show, basically, you know, 
as far as staging and scenery, and, and it was the original Robbins choreography. So I did see it back then, and I saw the revival at Lincoln Center with Kurt Peterson and Vicki Mallory, which was in the late 60s, another great revival. So I'm just saying that as a point of reference, and of course, I saw the original movie. So, and also my mentor, Erwin Kostel, was one of the orchestrators of the original, uh, along with Sid Raymond. So I really wanted to see it. I went with the attitude of, okay, show me. It's really, really good. Saying that, it's not West Side Story as we know it. Not that it's not the original music and lyrics and the songs as we know them. They're not distorted at all. Script is actually improved because it's been made a little bit more, not contemporary in time, but the dialogue is more interesting. It's not so much a musical, but I walked out of the theater. Here's the but. It feels like an homage as opposed to an original film. It's excellently, brilliantly done. It's Steven Spielberg. He's not going to put out garbage, but it's an homage. And you're sitting there and it's, it's like going to the opera and you're going to see Bohem, but it's still an opera on the stage. So you're going to the theater and instead of seeing a realistic film, albeit they're singing songs in your face, there's not one moment where I really felt it was real. I felt I was going to the Met and watching uh, just a fabulous production of West Side Story. Mm. So th that's as good a take as I can get on it. But I think yeah, no. I missed Jerome Robbins' choreography, but the choreography is excellent. It's just different. Yes. The different takes on the numbers, like Cool and um, America, it's really good. It didn't feel like musical theater, it, but it did feel like an homage. Now, after saying all that, have you seen it? Yes, I did see it. I saw it last Monday. So obviously you agree with everything I said. <laughs> I, I had a more visceral experience. I was really proud because there's a lot of people in the film that I know. Mm -hmm. And I was just really proud to see them up on the big screen. And the energy level of the dancing I thought was wonderful. It, I thought it was nice to see something being directed skillfully. My experience was that I really enjoyed it. Three hours went by super quickly. I, I saw it in the theater. It was very cinematic. I, I enjoy big cinematic things. And I like how they didn't try to take it apart and change it. Mm -hmm. I did like the costumes. I thought the design of the costumes was so detailed and beautiful. I enjoyed... I, I just enjoyed seeing everybody really having the same goal and going for that. But I do understand what you're saying, and I do agree with it. I don't think it can be recreated. You know, it was very large scale, large budget. So I don't that again. You know, how many Steven Spielberg movies there? A lot of people are under bigger, I mean, smaller budget constraints. It just seemed like he really wanted to do something lavish and over the top, but it didn't, it wasn't over the top for over the top sake. You know, it was like, it was, let's, let's see how far we can take this. I agree with you. I'm, I'm not. Uh, criticizing it at all. It's, I wouldn't know how to do it better. And I'm not saying <laughs> that I shouldn't know how to do it better, but I thought it was great. I think everybody should see it. It was just my perception of what the take on it is, uh, as opposed, it's not a criticism. It's just, I loved it. And I thought it was brilliantly done and emotionally very affecting. I thought the cast was fantastic. As I said, though, I just thought it was being 
seen as like we're going to see West Side Story as opposed to, hey, there's a movie called West Side Story playing. The really sad thing is nobody was in the theater, not because of COVID, because they were, if that darn cat had been playing next door, they would have been there. It's just not drawing people in. People don't want to see yeah. it. And I'm very sad. That's about too bad. It's, it's unfortunate. I think in 10 years, it'll have a different audience. You know, I think in 10 years time, it'll be hailed as like a, one of his masterpieces. So yeah, I mean, being a musical theater performer myself, I'm glad it got made. It's too bad that COVID came along because maybe the summer of 20, if 20 wasn't a COVID year, it would be a different story. Who knows? Yeah. It's hard to say because this pandemic has totally shifted people's desire to do anything. The timelines are off and, and, and you're, I agree with you. If this had opened and COVID was totally over and stuff like that, I think the theater would be full and they'd, they'd be able to publicize it more. It's it's a sad time, but I agree with you. It will be recognized as, as being a great picture along the way. And, and I hope, I mean, even the Academy Awards, which are basically just... They're awards, but I'd, I'd like to see it win. Oh, sure. Yeah. Okay. Let's change the subject just a little bit because I want to know what you're doing next year. Do you have a schedule for 2022 on the books? I do. I actually do. I mean, uh, uh, actually, next month, I have a gig in Hawaii. I know that's a terrible thing. It's really awful to have to go to Hawaii to conduct an orchestra, especially since they're having winter there. They did have some snow, you know. But uh, I've been booked into to the Maui Pops to do a show in January. That's just one show. Great. Yeah. That's and great. Since I'm California-based, it's, it's not such a terrible trip. Uh, and I'll do that for a few days. And then I'm unemployed again for a few days. Uh, in March, I am booked to go to Toulon, France to conduct South Pacific. This oh, was supposed to have been done two years ago, but obviously got postponed. So it's finally happening, even though France is closed down this minute. It'll be reopened by then. And then in April, I will be conducting the Olivier Awards for the 10th time. I've been there. I've been doing it a long time, but this is my 10th time. Congratulations. Then, then what happens? Then I have many, many concerts booked with the Pasadena Pops, where I'm the resident Pops conductor. I hate talking about myself like this, but since you ask. No, um, you don't. <laughs> no, you're right. I don't. I just said that to be unduly modest. But <laughs> I know you. So I have a bunch of concerts with Michael Feinstein with the, with the Pasadena Pops. And also, last year, I formed with the producer Adam Rosenfeld in Atlanta, the Pullman Pops. And this is on the Pullman Yards where they built the Pullman railway cars. And they're doing the immersive Van Gogh there now. But they have a stage space and we're doing some concerts. We did one, but we had to postpone the others because of COVID. And the one we did last year was with three Broadway names. And then we're going to do five of them this summer, starting in the spring up until September. So I'll be wandering between Los Angeles and Atlanta. Fantastic. Wow. You always keep busy. Any trips for fun? Any vacations or going to visit family or friends or I'm... your favorite showgirl in New York? <laughs> well, that that's an idea. I'm always on holiday. So every day is a holiday for me. But that's it would amazing. be wonderful to come back to New York, which I haven't been there for a long time. And you're there, too. So I am. 
That's yeah, but I, I have been traveling to New England to work. I travel up and down the East Coast between New York and Maine. And I've been just choreographing and teaching. And I love it. I'm actually looking for a place in Maine as a second home. And I'm hoping to just have a little launch pad there, just a place to sleep, et cetera, et cetera. But I, I love it. So It's so that. interesting that you say that because, you know, Maine, of course, was always way up there but now it's becoming over the last few years more and more active as a theatrical main place and interestingly i was at a party last week a famous main person was there and she performed and that was linda lavin Oh, great. Who was from Portland, Maine. Fantastic. And, you know, she started out on Broadway, and, and because of the, the loss of Steve Sondheim, there was a little gathering of a bunch of West Coast showgirls and showboys, and they were performing the songs of Stephen Sondheim, and I was invited because of my various connections. And Linda sang the song she introduced in The Mad Show in 1965 called The Boy From, you know, the Sondheim lyric and she was spectacular Just she is amazing and several other people valerie perry who who did a vita through this party and she sang everybody says don't and there were a lot of other people talking and singing and it was it was really exciting that sounds great i wish that those parties were more they were happening a little bit more yeah a lot of people in new york celebrated sondheim did you see the video of everybody in the tkts times square area singing that was beautiful yeah. i was not there that day but it looks amazing it looked lovely aside from show business you love yoga you love pilates and you're taking care of your body because you just had a foot injury yes and your foot injury happened out of the blue was it because the muscles were tight and they were not stretched out and you just, they were just stiff and you just landed. You put too much weight on your foot. What happened with that injury? Do they, did the doctors ever tell you why? The thing is I've been doing Pilates since I was doing it before, but once COVID became an issue and stuck at home, I decided I was either going to gain 20 pounds or lose 20 pounds. So I decided to lose it and do Pilates every day. So I've been doing Pilates or yoga five days a week and I'm quite fit if I say so myself, but I've discovered that past the age of 50, you wake up with sports injuries. You open your eyes and you've been injured while you were sleeping. So I must have been in a tennis match because the doctor described my injury as a tennis injury. And the way it happened was the doorbell rang. I got up from a nap on a sofa, and as I walked across the room, something snapped, and I went over like a ton of tennis balls, screaming with pain. But you're okay now. You're recovering. But I'm, I'm okay. Now. I went to the doctor. They first diagnosed it as, um, I was going to say tennis elbow. No, but it was an Achilles tendon, and it wasn't. It was the plantaris tendon which is a vestigial tendon along the side of your leg from when we were on all fours. So it's not like plantar fasciitis. It's plantaris tendon, and it really hurt like a mother. It was the worst. Does it hurt now? Um, only when I walk, but I'm joking. Uh, it doesn't hurt at all. I thought you were going to say only when I laugh. Only when I laugh, but only when I sing. What, what it is, I was limping on stage in Salt Lake City, and I was a little embarrassed about that because I, I didn't want to look like I was having a problem getting 
up on the podium, but I was. But four weeks ago, I couldn't walk at all. So. Well, I know you said something to the audience. Everyone is supportive. If they see that you're limping a little bit, it isn't the end of the world. But I'm sure to you, you just want to strut up there like you usually do. Mm -hmm. So that's hard. But at least you were able to do it. That's the best thing. Oh, yeah. It was wonderful. The orchestra was great. Uh, Jody was super. The audiences were packed, which was really fantastic. It's a big, you know, the Christmas season in Salt Lake City. and, And it was snowing pretty also the altitude there is four thousand feet which is yeah i've been there i've played there yeah it's not like denver the mile high city but it's close enough right right you were saying that the town really wasn't wearing masks or anything was that a little disconcerting to you well i'm uh, i mean i've had every vaccination known to man so i i felt very comfortable as far as myself and there are no mandates at all in the state of Utah, except with the Utah Symphony, everyone in the auditorium and on stage had to be vaccinated. And masks were required on the stage by all of the non-blowing instruments. The percussion and and the strings all were wearing masks, but the blowers were not, which seemed a little silly because the blowers are blowing all over everybody else. And the audience is not required to wear a mask but they Mm. were all required for vaccination. What made it difficult is I, as a conductor, also speaking to the audience in between numbers, had to wear a mask speaking to the microphone. I had to sing on Sunday with a mask on, and I just kept the mic really close to my mouth and enunciated, and they, everyone said they could hear me. I was just grateful to have the gig because so many of my gigs were canceled over the last two years. Sure. So to have it happen, I have one more gig tomorrow, and then I'm off for the holiday. I'm super excited about that. Well, Jody on stage was not wearing a mask, but she did walk on stage with the mask, take it off to sing, and she'd put it back on as she walked off stage. So okay. it was a very respectful thing. And my only concern was staying in a hotel there where there were quite a few people I would wear a mask. Of course. Larry, what's one thing that you just want to leave the listeners with? Because I know you're busy. I'm going to let you go in a second. But going into 2022, because this will air in January. And what's one thing you wish for everybody for the coming year? Oh, well, that's very leading. Let's see. I wish for everybody to have a happy and healthy New Year, of course. But I know what you mean. And, and <laughs> what I think, just as a very positive note, I'm a very positive person, as you know, and you are too, uh, about our business and all that. The business changes. COVID will pass or we will adjust to it in whichever way we have to for the future, like we have with everything else that happens to us in the world. I think our business will return. I think it will return in a slightly adapted way. I think the the immediate uh, thing with Omicron and all that that's happening will just, it's just another bump in the road. That's what I think. And I think very shortly we'll just be back again. Maybe there'll be another bump. But it's the nature of all of us as, I don't mean as Americans, but I mean as human beings all around the world to uh, deal with this stuff. And, and I'm not too worried about it. Just got to keep pushing ahead as if it's normal. And if you think it's normal, it will be. Good advice. That's really good advice. Thank you, Larry. My pleasure, always. The Showgirl Tip of the Day podcast has original music composed by Joshua Holloway. Find him on YouTube, Joshua Holloway Music. 
This podcast is written by Michelle Bruckner and edited by Michelle Bruckner and Joshua Holloway. Find me on Instagram, showgirl tip of day. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again next week with a new episode. Oh,